0: Blog Talk Radio. on allhabs.net
1: with your host, Christy. It's episode 168 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, February 20th, 2016. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading us on iTunes or whether you're listening to us via allhabs.net or any other uh, podcast application. We do appreciate you tuning in to Habs 360 which is the most informative and most interactive podcast you'll find out there. So don't let other people tell you otherwise because Hab360 is truly the most informative and interactive uh, podcast. We've been around for 168 episodes. This is season number six. We've been around for six years. So don't let people who've been around for uh, one year tell you otherwise. Canadians have played three games since our last episode, and it started off on Monday night against the Arizona Coyotes. And, well, this was a game where the Arizona Coyotes beat the Munchak Names by a score of 6-2 to two in uh, Arizona. In a game where Michael Condon, he was in goal, he allowed six goals on 27 shots, so... Uh, Unfortunately, what else is new? Goaltending definitely wasn't at par during that game, which has been a, a trend since uh, the month of December. But he wasn't the only to blame for that game. The defense, they were bad in this game. They weren't good, everybody, from A to Z. And I'll take it one step further. I think the entire team. They, weren't, they didn't seem interested. Uh, there was a lack of effort. It's It's like they didn't care. There was no emotion in that game, no urgency. We know the Canadians, the odds of them making the playoffs, they're not that good. I'll tell you exactly how much the percentage in a couple of minutes. But the players in that dressing room, even though a lot of Habs fans want the Canadians to tank when you're a competitor, when you're not the, like the Montreal Canadiens or any, professional team, you've been playing professional sports for your entire life, you play to win. And while it didn't seem urgent, they didn't seem to have the urgency during that game to win and try to get themselves back into the uh, playoff picture. So this was the first time in history, in franchise history, that the Arizona Coyotes won both games in a season against the Montreal Canadiens. And in fact, as well after that game, something that happens very rarely for any team, every player was available to meet the media post-game, and that was a a player's decision. They decided that they're going to all come and speak to the media and make themselves accountable for the horrendous performance that they had that night. Let's hear uh, just one of the players. We'll hear from Lars Zeller and his comments following that game
2: it is but I think you know I, th- I think tonight just all the players uh, take we have to take responsibility and and uh, it's not uh we've we gotta look at ourselves it's not the, the game plan or anything else uh, coaching staff gets us ready um, you know we just just not there the last 40 minutes. And uh, we pay for our mistakes, even, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who you play. Uh, every, any team is too good now, too. If, if you know, you're lacking 5%, 10%, we're going to look bad. And uh, we look bad tonight. Uh,
1: and, well, Lars Eller sounded as uh, emotional, or I should say lack of emotion, just like the entire team showed, uh, during that game and just remember one key word the Lars Zeller used during that clip was the word mistakes Let's hear from the coach following that game and his thoughts on uh, Mostly on playing D
3: As long as you can make good read defensively, you don't you don't play the you don't check well You have no chance to win
1: so there you go. So Michel Terry, who we all know is a big fan of defense, he wasn't impressed with uh, his team's performance that night. Canucks had a couple of days off. They headed over to uh, Colorado to face the Colorado Avalanche to uh, end the uh, mini three-game road trip. And while well, this game was completely different when it comes in terms of energy and effort, the team the effort, the team's energy was there. They played a very solid game in uh, all three zones of the ice for a good, I would say about a good 58 minutes. And then, well, Jerome McGinley scored his second goal of the game. The game-winning goal with two minutes left on a play that was full of mistakes. We're going to talk about uh, those mistakes uh, in depth in our next uh, segment, because this game caused quite... The drama, quite the um, the soap opera. Let's I'll call it that way. Quite the soap opera this week in uh, in Habs Nation. But the final result in that game was that the Colorado Avalanche beat the Montreal Canadiens by a score of three to two, and that led to last night Canadians back at home. The Philadelphia Flyers were uh, were in town.
3: Played over to Dale Weese, and Weese will game the line with a long shot. It weaves out, kicked up by Norbert, and Markov got it down low. Weese defies goals.
1: There you go. So Dale Weese scored his 14th goal of the season. In fact, it was the second goal in three games as he scored earlier in the week against the Arizona Coyotes. Canadians ended up beating the Flyers by score of three to two in shootouts. If you look at this game. Dale we scored, if you didn't see the highlights, this was a puck that was in the corner. Dale Wee was trying to pass in front to, uh, to either Paul Byron. There was a couple of players in front of the net, but he hit the defenseman, and the puck went uh, past Nuvres. Newverse, sorry, <laughs> for uh, for the goal. And then 10 seconds later, Nick Cousins, he scored his third goal of the season in the goal that Michael Condon would have liked to uh, to have back because it wasn't a good goal. And when you talk about Canadians, about the, the goaltending, uh, being an issue since the month of December, a goal like that that was allowed it could have been a backbreaker. It doesn't help the player's confidence where you score a goal, you're up, and then just like that with a snap of a finger, 10 seconds later, the opposing team comes back. In a goal on top of that, that was, it was soft. It wasn't a um, a uh, a shot that should have gone in. And by the way, I know there are some people that keep critiquing Michel Terrier that after the Canadian score a goal, he always goes back with a fourth line. In that goal that Nick Cousins scored 10 seconds following De Luiz, it was the line of Pacioretty, Andrew Ghetto, and Lars Zeller that were out there. So I'm just throwing that out there. If you're going to critique uh, the coach, which he deserves his critiques, we got to be fair and uh, objective about it. This game in general wasn't the most exciting of the games until the game hit overtime. And then that overtime, the three-on-three, three, boy was that, like Bob Cole would call, a dandy of a game. Back and forth action from, uh, from the O zone to the defensive zone. There was lots of action on the both ends. Of the ice. There was a sequence where Subban passed the puck right in front of Thomas Placanitz, who had an empty net and he missed it. But then the Canadians kept putting pressure on that shift. And he, then PK Subban passed the puck to Galchenek on the side of the net, but he hit it uh, the side of the net as well and wasn't able to, uh, to, to put it in and give the Canadians a victory but it was a great overtime period. One of the, for, At least for the Canadians, I think it was the best three-on-three three that we've seen them play this season. And, well, for people, if you, they've seen more NHL games across the league, I'm sure they would say that it was one of the best three-on-three three overtimes that, uh, that they've probably seen uh, this season. So like I mentioned earlier, the game went into shootout. And who scored the game-winning goal? Paul Byron, he was the one that was a difference maker. He gets a game-winning goal to give the Canadiens a 3-2 win. And while this, what a great season for Paul Byron, who came in via waivers. And while nobody knew much about him, and look at the success that he's had. He's been uh, been great for the Montreal Canadiens. Definitely one of the unsung heroes. And while he's a free agent at the end of the season... So we'll see. I'm I'm hoping the Canadians uh, do extend him, well, do sign him a uh, to a brand new contract to keep him around because he definitely has been has been valuable, great speed, and he has been great on the uh, penalty kill as well. So following the three games, it gives the Canadians a record of 28, 27, and 4 after 59 games played. With uh, that, brings them a total of 60 points. How does that place them? Well, let's be honest, not that good. In the in the Atlantic Division, they are fifth place. They are six points behind the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Lightning do have two games in hand over the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And right behind the Canadiens are the Ottawa Senators with uh, 60 points, so they're closer to the bottom. In fact, or than they are to the top. Well, maybe not true because the Toronto Maple Leafs do have 49 points, so Canadians would have to sink really, really low to reach to the level of the Toronto Maple Leafs. In terms of the wild card race, it's still a Tampa Bay Lightning that the Canadians are chasing, but in between them are the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Flyers, well, they got a point last night in the game against the, against the Canadians, but there's also the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils that are uh, on top of them. So it doesn't look too good for the Canadians when it comes uh, to their playoff hopes, according to SportsClubStats.com. They have a 6.6% chance of of making it, and in terms of the Stanley Cup, they still have a chance. It's actually 0.07% oh. chance of winning it. So it's not it's not looking good. And according to uh, SportsClubStats.com, the Canadians will probably finish 12th place in uh, the Eastern Conference. Habs360, the most informative, the most interactive podcast that you'll find. And well, our question of the day, our poll question that we uh, posted earlier today and the the voting, uh, you can uh, keep it coming. Earlier this week, TVA, uh they, they uh, presented some results of a poll that they ran. And, well, we wanted to recreate that poll because some results seemed questionable. We'll talk about that uh, later on in uh, today's episode. So the question that we that is posted is, to what do you attribute to Habs' struggles? The four choices are Michel Terrier, Mark Bergervin, Carrie Price's injury, or uh, the player's performance. So those are the four options. And well, like I said, in the third segment, we'll we'll look at the TVA poll results. I will compare them to those of uh, the Habs 360 followers and listeners. You can go to our Habs 360 profile. It's the tweet that is pinned right now to uh, the profile, so it'll be easy for you to uh, to follow. And well. It's been quite a week for the Montreal Canadiens. Last week, it was on uh, episode 167. If you missed it, go to iTunes, go to allhabs.net, search Habs360, and you'll you'll be able to find it. We had a Valentine's Day edition where we were talking about how much we love the Montreal Canadiens, how everything we try to we try to keep it positive, positive. and boy, did lots of things happen. Since uh, last episode, on and off the ice, mostly off the ice, I would uh, I would say following the uh, the Jerome Ginla goal, the game winning goal against the Colorado Avalanche. So when you send us your tweets at #Habs360, you can also give us a call toll free at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. We can talk about uh, anything Montreal Canadiens related. We can talk about the Canadiens on the ice. We can talk about this uh, potential issue between Michel Terrier and PK Subban. Is there problems in the dressing room between Max Pacioretty and PK Subban? These are a couple of questions we could throw out there. And well, I can throw in one more question to you. It was thrown out there that there's a feud between uh, PK Subban and Michel Terrier. Is this feud actually reality? Or just something that was made up by us, talking fans and the media. One eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is a way to reach us toll free anywhere from North America at Habs three sixty via via Twitter. Coming up next, we're going to start talking about our winners and our losers of the week. There's plenty. To talk about, so keep it locked here. There's going to be a lot of around um, the whole drama on P.K. Subban, so stick with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
0: For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
1: Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 Podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs Contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in a regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 Podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit R2Canvas.com. Good luck.
3: FrameWorth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autographed products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to FrameWorth, Habs360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at FrameWorth.com and type in Habs360 at checkout. FrameWorth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit FrameWorth.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys,
0: dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The HABS360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
1: All right, welcome back. It's episode 168 of the HABS360 podcast. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Uh, We're starting to get some comments via Twitter at HABS360 is the way to do it. This is a follow up on uh, the poll question to what do you attribute to having struggles? First tweet comes from Tim Michael Butle. I'm guessing it's Butler, maybe an arm missing there at the end. Regardless, he writes, it's on MB. He has the power to fire the coach, but that's nothing. Also, he provides the lineup, which is simply not good enough. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Tim. And well, I've been here under on the record, saying that I think this roster is missing some uh, some players, mostly up front, and while they're missing a healthy uh, Gary Price, so you can put that blame on uh, the coach. So I definitely agree that most of the blame goes on Mark Brejave but definitely I think the um, the coach definitely has his part on it as well. So you can keep sending us your uh, tweets at HAPS360. You can also give us a toll-free call at 1-877-455-4945.
0: And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on HAPS360.
1: So quite a week for the Montreal game on and off the ice. And well, in terms of our first nominee, for Loser of the Week. It's going to be kind of different than we do it other weeks. Other weeks, we normally have three nominees, and then we we announce a winner. This week, when it comes to um, to the losers, there's a couple of situations, but it involves lots of people. So a lot of people are, are going to be put into this uh, basket. First nominee is the Journal de Montréal, and one of its features... one of his feature writers, Regent Tremblay. So on, during Wednesday night's game, well, I should say, Wednesday night's game, David Dernay was not dressed because of injury. And he's out, by the way, for three weeks with a fractured foot. So we know what his injury is, by the way. Just a little side conversation. And when we asked the coach um, about Carry Price about his status or anything, or Jeff Petrie. Here's what he says Who knows? But we do know for David D'Agmas. So he's out for three weeks with an injured, fractured foot. But regardless, on the Thursday morning newspaper, that this was following the game against the Colorado Avalanche where the Canadians lost by a score of three to two. The headline wrote in French It says, Une défaite. So Francophone. A translation of that is A Loss Without a Francophone. So the headline probably was not written by Réjean Tremblay himself, so that's why threw in the Journal de Montréal usually I have somebody else, like an editor, who uh, who takes care of writing the, uh, the headlines. But there was an article in there, in the Journal de Montréal on Thursday, saying that the Canadians, you no,
2: know, they have
1: no francophones, in their uh, in their lineup and while there's he's Leon is sort of putting the blame this is why the Canadians have been struggling. Like what a joke is that. Did they did the Canadians lose against the Colorado Avalanche because David Dagnais was not in the lineup? He didn't write uh Quebecers, he didn't write Quebecois in his article because well, there was Tory Mitchell in the lineup, who yeah, he's uh, he's primarily Anglophone. He struggles a little bit in French, but he's still he's pretty fluent in French. So they didn't want to throw him under the bus, so he, that's why he changed it to Francophone. There's Paul Byron. Paul Byron speaks uh, pretty good French, probably even better than uh, than Tory Mitchell. But you know, no no mention of him. There's Mark Barberio. He wasn't in the lineup against the Avalanche. Like, who cares? And the worst part is that on Friday, he followed it up with another story about the, uh, the whole language debate. And it included a statement that said that under the Bob Gainey and Pierre Gaultier era, they did everything they could to get all the Francophone players, all the Quebecers out of the team. Like, what a what a joke. What about, like, there's never a good time for this kind of debate when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens, but talk about bad timing. When the Canadiens are down, he decides to throw this out there. On, uh, I would say, probably nine weeks out of ten, this would have been the uh, the loser of the week, but a lot of things happened, like I said, and well, they're lucky that they're just the nominee for this week. Well, because there was a bigger story, there was big drama, a soap opera is what I'll call it, that happened this week and let's go from it in the chronological order. Monday night, the Montreal Canadiens, like I mentioned in the first segment, very bad game, very bad performance against the Arizona Coyotes. They, they got destroyed by a score of 6-2. to two. Well, and one of the players available, well, all the players, like I said earlier, were available to the media. Let's hear what P.K. Suba did after the game.
2: Well, I think the first thing you do is you look at each other you know everybody's got to look at themselves in the mirror and and ask themselves if they're playing their best hockey right now you know that's what we need out of everybody we need everybody playing their best I mean you can't feel sorry for for yourself or for anybody else you just have to play your best hockey and find your way to be at your best and that's what it really comes down to is if somebody in this room can look at themselves in the mirror and say that they're they're playing their best hockey uh then we're in trouble right now you know
1: so there you go. So PK Subban, he got some heat for the comments because, well, he was throwing um, a lot of his, well, all of his teammates under the bus. He was saying that, well, they all need to look under, uh, look in the mirror, and while well, nobody's playing well right now, he got a lot of heat for for those comments uh, through the, the the media, through some of the fan base as well. They weren't happy that PK Subban said, that they said that he should focus on his own game and let the other players focus on uh, on uh, their own. To me personally, that comment, I don't think it was such a big deal. After performance like uh, they played on Monday night against the Coyotes, he wasn't wrong in that statement. Then on Tuesday night, French, a uh, radio host, former NHL official Ron Fournier, on his nightly radio show? Well sorry about that, he announced that there's an issue in addressing and that's what he's learned. That there's a feud, there's a separation, there's a clicks forming and while well, that PK Subban is in the middle of it. That PK Subban is the cause of all of this. And he even suggested that the Canadians should consider trading PK Suban because of all the issues. And he even suggested it's Max Pacioretty against P.K. Subban in in, uh, in the clicks, as they say, in the locker room. That same night, on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter, P.K. Subban, he tweeted a picture of him having dinner with, um, with a couple of his teammates in a restaurant in Denver. There's a big table. I'll say there's about 10 players on there. There was players like uh, Lucas Lesio, De Luis was uh, on a table. There was a couple of other players. The players that are there aren't important. Well, it could be important. Some players that weren't on the table is Canadian captain Max Pacioretty. So then uh, fans, was mostly fans on social media, started speculating that, you know what, maybe he's, maybe Ron Ferugio was right. And don't get me wrong, Ron Fournier, uh, I believe that he does, that he is a credible source for um, for reporting this kind of news. I don't think he's the type of person that I think would uh, would make up something like this. So I'm pretty sure he's gotten some kind of uh, information. Speaking of that famous picture on that P.K. Subban posted on Instagram and on Twitter, Comments that were left there by uh, by fans, it was ridiculous. They're telling him stops liking. Where's Max Pacioretty? Focus on winning instead of taking selfies. Blah 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 blah. Like, what's 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 your problem? Like, <laughs> these guys have to eat, right? They're still human beings. Like like me and you, they they have to eat. They have to drink. They uh, can't be playing hockey twenty four hours a day. So then we had to Wednesday night in the game between the Colorado Avalanche and the Montreal Canadiens with uh, a little bit over two minutes left in, left to play. P.K. Subban has a puck along the blue line. He's being watched by Gregorenko. One hand on the stick, one hand on Gregorenko trying to push him away. P.K. Subban loses an edge. It wasn't a penalty. Let's, let's make that clear, right? We're not saying that it should have been a penalty. He just lost an edge. Grigorango takes the puck. They come back, the Colorado Avalanche, on a three-on-three play. So PK Subban was out of the play at this point because he felt he wasn't able to catch up. But regardless, Canes did have three players in uh, in back to uh, to counter the the attack. And well, the defensive coverage in that play was horrible. Jerome McGinla was all alone in front of the net, and he scored the uh... the game winning goal and the avalanche ended up winning by a score of three to two and while the coach michel terrier he had a couple of comments following that game
3: individual mistake cost the game uh, late late in the game but you you look the effort there's a lot of positive uh, with our young group uh... we play as a team and uh... uh Unfortunately, uh, at the end of the game, um, uh, when we don't play as a team, we could be in trouble,
1: and this is what happened. So we heard it there loud and clear, the coach pointing fingers to P.K. Subban for for the game-winning goal. And in fact, the Canadians, uh, Michel Thierry, in the la- in the last minute, they kept P.K. Subban on the bench when you were trying to tie the game, right? They were down by one goal with less than two minutes to go. If there was one player for the Montreal Canadiens, he absolutely wanted on the ice in that situation. It's P.K. Subban, but the coach sent him a message. The question that uh, that I have for Michel Terrier is, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, is Canadians right now, as much as a lot of Habs fans want to thank their professionals, they're athletes, they've been trained all their career, not even before, like before they became professionals. Ever since they were little kids trying to play hockey, they've been programmed to try to win a game. So they want to win a game and you keep your best player, P.K. Subban, on the bench. So let's make this clear. Did P.K. Subban make a mistake on that play? I think we can all agree that he did. It was a high-risk play if it would have worked, we all would have been happy, but with high risk comes high rewards. It didn't work on his play, so it it, it does go under a mistake here for P.K. Subban. Was he the only one that made a mistake on his play? No, he wasn't. Max Pacioretty, if you go look at the highlights, when Jerome McGinley scored that game-winning goal, he was there all alone watching nobody. Absolutely nobody around him. There's Jacob De La Rose. What was he doing on that play? He, his coverage wasn't... Um, he, he didn't cover his man properly as well. So why did Michel Terrier point his finger to P.K. Subban? Let's hear uh, Terrier speak in more details, following the game against the Colorado Avalanche on that particular play?
3: Well, uh, we believe that uh, as a coach, I thought he could have a better decision at the Blue Line, and moved the puck behind and he put himself in a tough position.
1: Okay, so we heard from the coach's point of view, now let's hear what uh, PK had to say.
2: If I do that play all over again, you know, and I don't lose an edge, I probably take it down the wall and create something, so But um, in this case, lost an edge and puck turns over. So, you know, I gotta, it doesn't really matter. You gotta get the puck in deep.
1: So, Michel Terry wanted PK to do a safe play in that situation. PK Subban said he would do that play all over again. But he would hope not to lose an edge, naturally. So, let's go now back to January 26th when the Canadian general manager, Mark Bergevin, spoke to the media, where he gave his word of confidence to the coach, Michel Terry gave his word of confidence to the players, to the roster that he had on hand. What was the message that he delivered to his players? And when you play not to make mistake, you make a mistake. When you play not to lose, you lose. And that's my message to our players. Don't play not to lose, play to win. So the message to the players was play to win. If that's the case, didn't P.K. do the right play? I think he did. Mark Benjamin just told us that he did. Well, you know, so I was thinking that maybe it was an emotional time right after the game. Uh, The coach was very emotional. Uh, Maybe P.K. Subban was very emotional after the game, just freshly off the ice. The day after, they came back late. Uh, from Colorado, they had a day off. So prior to the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, about roughly 36 hours after the game was over, let's hear what uh, the coach said. Maybe he he had some time to think about it. Did he did he change his mind?
3: And um, that's part of a process about learning. We want our players to be really active. We want our players to make plays. We want our players to be really aggressive. Uh, we want our players to make smart decisions. Uh, uh, that's part of our, our, our learning process. Uh, but there's time and place. Game seven with two minutes left, same situation. You know, uh, you play for the gold medal. Uh, you gotta be. You gotta make sure you make the right play at the right time. And that's part of the process about learning to become a good player. You know, and 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 it, it goes with experience. That's why I'm saying, you know, PK is a smart player, smart guy. And when he's going to be in that position again, and I'm sure he's going to learn from it.
1: PK?
2: Um, you know what, I think that, you know, when it comes to certain players in the league, obviously instincts is a big part of, of my game. And, uh, you know, when you're playing the game uh, you you know, out there, I'm a lot of the things that I do is off instinct. And, you know, it's a game of mistakes. Some things are gonna sometimes gonna go your way sometimes it's not, and that's fine you know I'm able to to take my lumps when things happen, but like i said when i when I'm on the ice, I'm doing everything I can to try to help my team win and and that's the focus you know um you know that's it i mean uh I'm not uh, afraid of uh of failure, you know i mean uh it happens sometimes, but uh that's how you become successful right and when you play not to make
1: mistake you make a mistake. When you play not to lose, you lose. And that's my message to our players. Don't play not to lose. Play to win. So when I'm listening to these comments, so, um, Michel Terry, he, he he stayed with his message that it was a mistake from uh, P.K. Uh, Subban. And from P.K.'s point of view, uh, it sounds like he still would, would do the same play all over again if he had to and Berger back from January 26th, telling his team that um, they need to play to win. On January 26th as well, Mark Bergevin did say that he talks a lot with the coach and when when a team is going bad, when they're struggling, they talk even more. So I'm thinking, is the message getting lost somewhere? Why is this inconsistent message? Why is the coach wanting him to do the safe play? And wise Bergman telling them play to win uh the the game. The Canadians were tied two two at that point. If they were if they were winning by one goal and he were done at play, I would have said, you know what, at that point PK that play was was uh not necessary. So the next uh, the the whole day, day and a half the Canadians took off between the game against the Colorado Avalanche and the Philadelphia Flyers, there was a tweet that was sent out by by Louis Jean where he said he went to a couple of he went to executives around the league, and one of them said that PK's name has come up on the trade market. That was later um, put to rest by a TSN insider, uh, Dying Dreger. That being said, Louis Jean was a friend of the show. By the way, he was on with us earlier in the season. When you say Piqué's name has come up, I I could believe that, right? Because his name has come up. It's it could be something as, you know, they see all this media storm, this soap opera going on here in Montreal. A GM could easily say, like, Hey, Mark, are you uh, are you selling? Are you interested in trading? Uh, P.K. Subban. And Brezervan says, no, I'm not. So there you go. But his name was did come up, right? That being said, I took a step back, and I'm asking myself two questions. Does the management, and by this I mean Marc and even the, uh, the coach, Michel Terrier, do they like P.K. Subban? And the second question, following Ron Founi's, uh statement on his radio show was, does PK and Max get along? So let's tackle the first question. If we take a step back, when Michel Terry was on uh, was a panelist on Nancy Stop with Bernard Diaz, he kept criticizing PK Subban. He wasn't a fan, and he wasn't he wasn't hiding it. Right, it was pretty obvious. Then, in the first couple of years, as Michel Terry is the head coach, he would bench PK Subban on a regular basis. And it was really it was um it was really tough oh shit bust so, so it was really tough. You would never give him credit when um uh, on any play. Then if you fast forward to when P.K. Subban was negotiating a a new contract, he sat out for six games at the beginning of the season and he ended up signing a bridge contract and he ended up winning the uh, Norris Trophy. Then, when the bridge contract was over, it was time to... um, to sign a contract extension and well, we know what happened it went all the way to an arbitrator they had the arbitration hearing and the arbitrator was about to uh, to give their decision and while it's been reported by many credible people including tsn's bob mckenzie that jeff molson got involved to make sure that pk suban signs a long-term deal with a Montreal Canadian. So Jeff Molson is definitely a fan of P.K. Subban. Fast forward to training camp of this year. Marc Bergevin had said that a captain would be named by the end of training camp. And, well, then what happened a couple of days later? PK Suban announced that he'll be giving making a huge donation to the Montreal Children's Hospital. And then what happened the following day? Oh, there was a vote for the captain. And well my question to that is was that to make sure that uh was Mark Bergevin Michel Terrier? wanted to making sure that Max Pacioretty is named the captain. And then we have this whole fiasco from this week. We we all know what happened. We've been going through it for the last couple of minutes. So that being said, is it possible that Terry and Bergervin don't like P.K. Subban? Yes, it is possible. Do we know that for a fact? No, we don't. Do I think P.K. Subban will get traded? No, he won't, regardless of of what uh, Bregevay and Michel Terry think of uh, P.K. Subban because for a trades to trade somebody like P.K. Subban has to get the approval of Jeff Molson. And uh, Jeff Molson He's not going to allow it. He knows what the fans want. He was at the Bell Center last night. He heard the chant that was uh, that was going on from the fans. They love him. They chanted PK Subban. So the game against the Philadelphia Flyers last night at the Bell Center. Let's hear what the coach. I have to say following the game, P.K. Subban was named the first star and got a couple of assists.
3: He played well. He played, he controlled the puck, and uh, uh, in the overtime, I was pretty excited. Uh, but in general, I really like his game. I thought he was really solid, especially, you know, we lost uh, Gilbert in the third, for the third period, and uh, he had a lot of energy tonight, so uh, we, we used him a lot.
1: There you go. So everything seems fine, right? This drama, it's uh, it's over. Michel Temer is happy of the performance of of uh, P.K. Subban. So let us know. What do you think? Do you think this uh, drama between P.K. Subban and Michel Temer is over? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360 or you can let us know at telephone at one eight seven seven We'll take a break. On the other side, I'll tackle the second question. Does P.K. Subban and Max Pacioretty Get along, your tweets, and we'll take a look at the results of uh, our poll question and as well. This is the Habs360 Podcast, featured on net.
0: Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner, and HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time.
1: If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you.
0: In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hans 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, The team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net...
1: All right, welcome back. It's episode uh, 168, Chris G. at Chris G. 1980. So continuing here on this and moving on to this potential feud between P.K. Subban and uh, Max Pacioret, the Canadian's captain, which was part of the a rumor that was started by Ron Fournier on the 98.5 uh, FM, where he mentioned that he's got information that these two guys uh, don't get along, that P.K. Subban is the cause of... Um, Of some problems in the dressing room so let's take a step back to see if this is possible okay pk suban he wanted to be the captain of the montreal canadians he got the a last year and he's a proud player he's somebody that loves the montreal canadians organization he wanted to be the captain so and then the players ended up voting for max pacioretty so regardless of what he may or may have not said it bothered P.K. Subban a bit, right? Wouldn't it Wouldn't it bother you? I th- it would definitely uh, bother me a bit. I'm not saying that it uh, ruined him or anything, but I'm sure it affected him. Then fast forward to uh, later in the season where P.K. Subban scored a goal in the game and he was asked about it. And, well, he said that I'm not paid to score goals. And then there was clips, videos, of while he was going through this rant that Max Pacioretty stopped his media scrum and looked over to um, to PK Subban. Sergio Momo from TSN 690, who is the color man, travels with the team. He said this week on that station that players were fed up with the cameras. They're always following PK Subban, and those are the cameras of 24 uh, CH. Twenty uh, the Winter Classic. Uh, as well as 24/7, and actually even a, earlier this afternoon, PK Subban tweeted that he's spending the day with ESPN E60 for an upcoming episode. PK Subban loves the cameras. The cameras love him. They follow him everywhere. Take a take a step back. Well, remember, I believe it was last season after a game when the Kings were celebrating PK. Subban was giving taps to everybody, and then he didn't appreciate. Uh, Thomas Plekanis didn't appreciate the the, um, the affection that PK Subban was showing him, and it seemed like he he speared him. So that being said, is it possible that PK Subban is a is a problem in the dressing room? I think it is possible. Yeah,
2: I support PK 100%. <laughs> Everyone in this room supports all the players and the coaches. We, I mean, to try and say that there's a you know a rift because of this is completely unfair and untrue. But I understand the situation that we're in, and uh, you know drawing up conclusions as to uh, you know what people think the problem is, but that's not the problem at all. PK is one of the best defensemen in the league, and he has been for years. Mike has shown that he's you know an un- unbelievable coach with the success that we've had. Um, and he's had in the past
1: as well. The, people are just here to do their jobs, and uh, there's no hard feelings between anybody. I, I'll, I you know, I know I'll, when I, when PK can joke around about this today, that means uh, you know there's obviously no hard feelings, and it's not something you take personal. It's we have a job to do. So there you go. So uh, Max says that everything's fine. Everything's back to normal. Uh, he supports the coach, he supports P.K. Subban, 100% support behind them so do you believe it? Let us know via Twitter, at Habs360 is the way to do it, and we we'll still have time to take a couple of your phone calls at 18774554945. Coach, did the fans and the media overreact to all this fiasco?
3: This is a market you know, and uh, um... We didn't like we didn't like the play, but it would have been any players who made that type of play at this time in the game at that situation we would have mentioned it um, but because it was pk it's it's a hundred times bigger.
1: So they're a hundred times bigger because it was, uh, it's P.K. Subban. Do you believe that? Uh, we got to be fair. I like being fair. And Michel Terry has pointed fingers to players following games. Even this season, he's done it. He's done it in the past as well. My issue with this whole story was, why just pick on P.K. on that play when the whole defensive coverage, which he admitted... On uh, prior to the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, why wasn't there any mention for them? Okay, let's move on to um, so so just to recap our losers of the week. There was um, a lot of possibilities in there. There was a lot of people involved in that whole soap opera between uh, PK Subban, Max Pacioretty, Michel Therrien. So the whole situation are uh, losers for uh, for me. So pick your name, who you want to name the loser out of that out of that group. Move on now to our winners of the week, our nominees. First one, Jacob De La Rose. He's been solid. He's played great in his uh, in his call up. He's been playing as a third line centerman the last couple of games with uh, Paul Byron and uh, Dale Luis from most of the time. And, well, even at one point uh, last night, as Tezran and Andriguero made, made an appearance there instead of Dale Luiz. Michel Terry likes him. He always has. And, in fact, if you follow on Twitter, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, you know Rick, who is my regular co-host. From, uh, so Amy and Rick from the Ice Caps Hockey Report who follow the Ice Caps really closely. And they've been following Jacob De La Rosa, I would say, for almost his entire career, if not all his career, so I I, I should probably should say all his career, they both have mentioned that Jacob De La Rose is, um, is a better NHLer than he is an NHLer. Next nominee is uh, I should say, Robert Runner-Up. is uh, Lars Zeller. He's been looking good in that line with Max Patriot. It was never tried before and well so far. It seems to be paying dividends. And they should have plenty of opportunity for them to play together as David D'Arnais is out for three weeks with a lower body injury, so they might build some chemistry. Or will they not have that much time together? Darren Dreger from TSN has reported that he's heard Lars Zeller's name going around the league, so will he still be able to trade deadline? Who knows, but apparently he's... uh, He's being chopped around. Our next nominee is Andre Markov. He's picked up his game after he had a, a bad stretch. He's been playing better recently, and well, half three six, like we mentioned, is very interactive podcast. So he joined Instagram this week. So there you go. There's another reason for him uh, to be a nominee for. Um, for Winner of the Week, but our our big Winner of the Week is P.K. Subban, and it's not... <coughs> Sorry about that. It's not for his... Um... It's for the way that he handled the this whole drama that he faced this week. Let's hear him prior to the game against the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: Uh, you know what? My, my job is just to play. I mean, if you guys have comments on what the coach wants to say about players and um you guys should probably ask him those questions. I mean for me my focus is on being the best player that I can be every night. Um you know when I was drafted in in 2007 my uh you know I remember telling Bob Gainey that I was going to do everything in my power to help this team win and uh that's all I that's all I do every every time I step on the ice, I put on that jersey and I stand there for the national anthem, I just my focus is on helping my team win and doing everything that I can uh, to help them win.
1: And then on the ice, he picked up a couple of assists last night. Very good uh, performance by P.K. Subban, was named the first star. Let's hear his uh, post-game comments.
2: I've said it before, and when I say things, I mean it. I I don't care, and I don't think anybody else in here cares what anybody thinks. I mean, we support our fans. They've always supported us, and they're always going to be here for us, and we appreciate that. That's why we salute them after every win. Um, But as far as critics and people that want to pick apart what's going on in this dressing room, that's fine. I mean, I expect... To hear it all from now until the end of the season so uh, i've been here long enough to know that the best thing to do is to go out there and perform and produce and that's the best way to shut people up there's a lot of people that are going to shut up after today
1: so pk suban always says the the right words and as i mentioned earlier that he, he's not going to get traded that jeff molson won't allow it pk suban after carrie price and you could easily you could convince me to say that PK Subban is the face of the Montreal Canadiens even more than Carey Price but I still think it's Carey Price but I could easily you can easily convince me that uh the PK Subban is the face of the team he's the face of the league he sells jerseys he sells merchandise PK Subban is the type of player that people pay to go to the Bell Centre or to go to arenas to uh, to watch him play and so PK Subban congratulations for being are a winner of the week. So we're going to go to a Twitter to a, and a Facebook to read the, some comments that we received throughout today's episode. Uh, just a, a little bit of context. Earlier this week, TVA posted a result of a survey. And one of the questions was, to what do you attribute the, the, the HAB struggles, the choices were Michel Bergevin, Mark uh Michel Terrier, sorry, Michel Terrier, Mark Bergervin, Carey Price's injury or the players performance. So the results on the TVL poll, uh, keep in mind on a TVL poll you're able to make up to two selections. The results were the Canadian's players performance, the key players performance was at sixty four percent, followed by carry price's injury at fifty four percent. And then it was Michel Terry at 12% and a manager at 6%. So Michel Berger, uh, Mark Bergervin said that it's all on him. Uh, the, the people who respond to that survey, only 6% of them uh, agreed. So they put, I would say, the majority of the blame on Carey Price's injury and the key player's performance. So here at HAPS 360 we decided to recreate that poll question and see what our followers think. The difference here is on Twitter, you can only make one selection. So that's part of why I think we'll see some different results. At first place, as of right now, 43% of respondents think it's Michel Terrier. Then followed by at 27% is Carey Price's injury. Then at 18% is the player's performance. And then at 12% is Mark Bergevin. So one thing that's consistent is on both surveys Mark Bergervin is last. So he's the one that the the Canadians fans are putting the blame the least. And well I'm surprised because if I had to vote for two, it would be the performance no, I would put Mark Bergervin as uh as option number one and then I would put um, the performance of key players. I wouldn't put Carey Prey's injury because I think the the takeaway from that is that Mark Burcham I think should have reacted better and look for a replacement for that. So that's what my what my vote is. And if I had to pick one, just like our half 360 poll, it wouldn't be Michel Terrier. My first option. I'd uh, probably go once again with uh, with Mark Peserman for the quality of or the lack of quality of uh, the roster. Okay, let's go to Twitter. We spoke about a lot of things on uh, today's uh, episode. Victorious. he writes, he found the number of people voting for mutual terror incredibly high. He writes, it's uh, obvious to me, price injury gives us another 12 points with him in net. So let's test that theory with another 12 points. Canadians would have 72 points, so they would be uh, pretty high in the standings. He writes, I don't like Terry either. Best French quotes available. Price, jury devastating, or price injury devastating. So thank you very much for the tweet. Uh, Erie writes, Regardless of the fact that we're not thrilled with Terry, the price injury screwed the Habs the most, in my opinion. Next week comes from David in Connecticut. He writes, Terry was fired by the Pens midway through the 2008-2009 season and won the Cup. So is that a knock on Michel Terry or is that a support? Because you can say that uh, he was leading the team all the way to the Stanley Cup. Spring think advocate here. Uh, Robert Amoroso, he writes, you're welcome. No, he writes, very simple, poor execution, bad power play, it all rests on Terry and, to some extent, Jean-Jacques Daniel. From Montreal, in regards to a potential feud between P.K. Subban and uh, Max Pacioretty, he writes, they probably do get along. Different personalities, Max, quiet family guy. PK, bon vivant, bachelor. But opposites usually mix well. So thank you very much for the tweet, Mark. Next tweet comes from Schwabolza from the South Shore. He writes, PK should stop bragging with his commercial brand within the CH. That undermines discipline and puts him apart with the team. We all say how the team should adjust to PK. Isn't it the time PK has to adjust to the team? Dowdy did that. LA won the cup. So thank you very much for uh, the tweet, Troubolta. So here, here's one person who is definitely not on the on the PK Subban bandwagon. But in regards to the brand, we, we mentioned it early on in uh, the season about it. But if you noticed yesterday when uh, Max Pacioretty spoke to the media. He was wearing a cap. It was for a private brand, and it wasn't that of of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Next week comes from uh, George McGraw. He writes that whole Terry feud, uh, sorry Terry and P.K. Subban feud was all started by the media. So there's, so they're the ones that created a non actual reality. Next one comes from uh, We Are Cardinal Country from Cardinal County, New York. In regards to the uh, P.K. Subban-Michel Terry feud, is it a reality or is it, or is it made up by fans in the media? Right? Mostly drama from Habs fans because they blame Terry and other coaches for everything that goes wrong in Montreal. Well, I agree with that. Coaches do get a lot of blame in Montreal, especially Thierry. The Next couple of tweets come from Tim Alexander. He writes, he responds to the question, if this soap opera is over, Max Fletcher already told us yes earlier. Tim writes, no, for this team ever to take the next step to winning a cup, this donkey, a.k.a. Michel Thierry, needs to go and take a seat on RDS. And in regards to our poll question, he writes, it's Tim Alexander, wrong coach, wrong system, and no price, very easy fix jim he writes in regards to the poll question that there's um, an option missing all of the above so a lot of reasons that the canadians are struggling and then the last tweet comes from nevin chiari from from montreal in regards to the feud between terry and pk suban Nevin writes, there's no smoke without fire, but we don't know how big is the fire. And that's very accurate. I definitely do agree with that. So thank you very much for uh, the tweet. So quite a drama surrounding the Montreal Canadiens. Very, very, very busy. Lots of noise on and off the ice. And just some quick notes in regards to trade bait. We spoke about Eller earlier on, there was reports as well that uh, Alexi Emelin, his name has been circulating. That's according to Pierre Lebrun. Uh, Louis-Jean from Tivia has reported that uh, there hasn't been much contract negotiations between the Canadians and uh, Dale Weiss, and he is expecting him to be traded by trade deadline. And another name that was thrown out there is Tom Gilbert, defenseman of the Montreal Canadiens, but he left the game, last night with a lower body injury when will he be back who knows exactly nobody knows and that would if the canadians were shopping him if he's out for a long term well it's not going to be good if the canadians are trying to uh, to trade him we'll have more on the on the trade deadline next week as next week's episode will be just a couple of days prior to a trade deadline and well, finally, next Saturday, the Canadians will be playing a Saturday night game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, something that we haven't seen for a couple of weeks here for the Canadians. They've had three Saturday nights off. Quite, um, it's not normal. Well, let's blame Rogers for that, because this is when all this thing started. Canadians playing two games until our next episode, Monday night against the, the Predators as the Predators are in town and then Wednesday night against the uh, Washington Capitals Thank you very much everybody for sending in your tweets, thank you everybody for uh, for listening My name is Chris G have Chris at Need on Twitter We'll talk next Saturday, have a good week everybody
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net